It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Early on Tuesday morning, Jesse Bates reportedly back in the facility and he has signed his franchise tag. We'll cover that and questions from your mailbag focused on the Bengals' depth in today's show. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, covering your Cincinnati Bengals every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. We appreciate all of you who make us your first listen, all of you who subscribe on YouTube and follow on your audio platform of choice. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Jesse Bates back with the Cincinnati Bengals on Tuesday, signed his franchise tag very early in the morning for me, James. I think the news broke around 4 a.m. Pacific time and I have my breaking news blanket on. Rest assured, I was in bed. So breaking news blanket was on as we hinted yesterday he could show up at any time and he showed up a day later probably the day many of you listened to that recording yeah yeah it's look it's great news and this is this is an ideal scenario because something we you know i mentioned to solomon wilcox and i've kind of been on this this train is why would it benefit jesse bates to not get those practice reps to not be able to be with the team and all of those things going into literally the biggest year of his career. That's what it is because I don't know if he's going to get another opportunity like this with the cat rising and everything like that. Only 25 years old for him to go out and show that he's the best safety in the NFL. And I think that's what his goal would be and is going into this season. And so the fact that he was able to come back now on a Tuesday and do the math 19 days, from the start of the regular season, I believe it is. Now, it could be 18, depending on when uh, you hear this, but two weeks from Sunday, that gives him time to get acclimated, get ready to go, uh, go through all of the the different new looks, because you better believe with Dax Hill that there's going to be some new looks, I think, and some little wrinkles that Lou Anarumo uh, has put in on, on this defense. Get him ready to go so he can have a full allotment of snaps against the Steelers on September 11th. Because guess what? Guess who benefits from that? The Bengals? Because they got to beat the Steelers on September 11th. Jesse Bates needs to have the best year of his career. So if he was only going to play 30 snaps week one, that hurts him, that hurts the team, that hurts everybody. This, him coming back in time to, I think, get acclimated, comfortable, and ready to go, it's a win-win-win for everybody. And that's, uh, well, that's bringing a smile to my face and a smile probably to a lot of our listeners' faces. And certainly also to Lou Anarumo's face, who is probably excited to have Jesse Bates back and working hopefully very soon with Von Bell and Dax Hill. He is on the exempt list, which 
we'll have to see what exactly that means for him in terms of when he comes off the list. The upside is that it gives the Bengals some roster flexibility with the cut down to 80 required on Tuesday at 4 p.m. and the cut down to 53 coming on August 30th. If he remains on the exempt list, he does not use a roster spot for that time. He has two weeks, up to two weeks on that exempt list. However, I don't believe and can't track this down for certain, but I don't believe he can practice well, on this list, what I was able to find was only a few examples of this particular status, the exempt commissioner permission list being used. This is a commissioner-only status. The Bengals can't just do this on their own. It has to come from the commissioner's office. And the last time it was used, I believe, actually, Andre Parada had another example uh, besides Adrian Peterson. But Adrian Peterson in 2014 and DeAndre Baker in 2019, and both of those... Mm-hmm. cases were when those players had legal issues that were taking them away from the team. I don't think that's the case here with Jesse Bates. So it is a bit unusual that he's landed on this rarely used status, but we'll see what it means in terms of his return to practice. Could be as soon as Wednesday, right? They can activate him at any time, but that's what will be fun to see is when Jesse Bates gets back to practice. And maybe it's not this week, right? Against mm-hmm. the Rams and those, those joint practices, as much fun as it would be to see Lou Anarumo roll out those three safety looks right away on Wednesday. It might not be that quick. And, and so that's what we'll have to see what happens with the, the exempt commissioner permission list. But outside of that, it's, it's great that he's back and he will be working. I assume very quickly to getting back to practice. And that's really how I view it. I think that maybe they go this route to give themselves roster flexibility since he missed most of camp and he can do two things. One, he's still going to be able to get in that gym and lift weights and do all those things. You know, he's still working out, even though he's not practicing Two, he can be in meetings. And so if he's in meetings, he can digest that. He can get reacclimated because you're right. Guess what? We would see Jesse Bates go through individual drills on Wednesday and Thursday in those joint practices, they're not putting them out there in team stuff that quick. They didn't do team stuff that quick at the start of camp. So they're going to ramp him up and why not have that extra roster spot, have that extra guy if you can do it. So I think the Bengals could benefit from this. Obviously they have to cut down from 80 to 53 players on August 30th. Maybe they wait till after that. Maybe not, but uh, I, you know, it's regardless, it's good to have Bates back in the fold we always expected that, that it was he was going to be back before week one. And I think that this was kind of a best-case scenario. And that's the thing. Real quick, uh, you know, we made the breaking news blanket joke yesterday, which yeah. I think it might stick, by the way, which I love. Um, but it felt like Solomon Wilcott's knew something. It did. Because he was like, I think Jesse Bates is going to come back any day now. And I'm like <laughs> – did, so, didn't, didn't he say like it might be sooner than you think, or did I yeah. did I make that? I, I think he no, said that, I mean, right in that range. And so we interviewed him. It was a four o'clock Eastern time on yeah. Monday. Jesse Bates shows up at Paul Brown Stadium 16, 17 hours later in that range. I I think he knew something, and so that's uh, that's good. Thanks for Sally for the little little tidbit there. Because when I woke up and I saw him, like, oh yeah. I think Solomon Wilcox knew this was yeah. happening. If if anyone deserves a breaking news blanket, it's probably it's probably Solly on that one. We did have a, que- a couple questions in the mailbag, James, about Jesse Bates' return. Casey at Casey, Sean P, and the Bengalorian, who all of you know, both had questions about Jesse Bates. Casey asks, is Jesse Bates 
Von Bell and Dax Hill the best safety room in the league? And mm -hmm. how about some love for Tyson Anderson and Mike Thomas? And the Bengalorian asked, with Justin Bates back, how does that change Dax Hill's role in the team? Does he deserve some time to shine since he was there with the team? Or does Bates slide right back in? He puts in parentheses. He knows the answer, but just wants the discussion. And we talked a little bit about Dax's role yesterday, I think, with the, the potential imminent return of Jesse Bates and that he might lose some snaps in the regular mm -hmm. season. He will lose some snaps in the regular season just because it doesn't make sense to have three safeties on the field all the time. But I think he's shown plenty and aligned all over the place, which I've talked about a lot this preseason, that he will continue to get on the field in three safety looks. He will. And he's shown so much. He's shown the versatility, the athleticism, uh, the mental capacity and the football smarts to be able to do that and move around. And so that's the other part of this is hopefully once Bates comes off the exemplist, Luana Rumo can get out there and, and see all three guys in action a little bit and tweak and tinker because you have a plan, but you might have to adjust the plan a little bit, even though you've seen a ton of uh, Dax Hill up to this point. The other thing here is once Bates gets back out there, you can move Hill around more because he's been just doing that safety role and that deep safety role uh, throughout practice and most of practice. Now, was he moving around some in, in practice? Yes. And obviously we saw that in, you know, his versatility in the preseason, mm -hmm. but exposing him to what his role will realistically be this season with a healthy safety room. I think that only helps him. It's going to help Bates and it's going to put the, this defense in position to maximize their potential. Let's put Dax Hill in the slot on Cooper cup. And let's put him outside on Allen Robinson, just just for a handful of reps. Wow. Luana Rumo mentioned wow. on the Believe in Bengals podcast, Solomon Wilcott's podcast, uh, in their interview that he referenced when he was on with us yesterday. He mentioned that there are going to be 70 to 80 reps for the number ones to go against each other in these joint practices. That is the preseason game. As far as the starters are concerned, that's Luana Rumo's words to, to Solly and, and Pac-Man Jones. And so in, in that sense, that's an opportunity with with the ones out there to to get Dak some corner snaps because that's I still believe he can play corner and and there's definitely like still a learning curve for Dak Hill when you compare you know his reaction time to Jesse Bates' reaction time for example I was talking to Joe Goodberry about this yesterday when we were watching some of the some of the defense briefly but has all the tools certainly has all the athleticism we have plenty more questions to get to James in the mailbag these addressing depth with Jesse Bates' return. Those are the real pressing questions for this team as the preseason winds down and they have to cut down to 53. We'll dive into those questions in the mailbag coming up next. But first, a word from LinkedIn because you're gearing up for fall and you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. It's why small, business, small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? 40 million. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, we have many, many questions in the mailbag. They all today have to do with depth as people are focusing on the cutdown and the first question is, is about Brandon Allen, who seems to, in some corners of Bengals fandom, be taking it on the chin a little bit this week. And JoJo Jammer at Win One Super Bowl, great loyal listener, appreciate JoJo when he sends the questions in, asks, is Brandon Allen really going to be quarterback too? I know the first team offense will help him if he has to play, but geez, he is not very good. All right. And maybe I should break the chain out for this, but I don't even think it's a take. But maybe on Bengals social media right now, it would be. Brandon Allen has been fine in the preseason. He hasn't been great. No one's saying that. On any of our post-practice shows, has anyone said, man, Brandon Allen has been great. But did you see the ball to Trent Taylor? It's a pretty good ball, right? He had some good throws the other night, finished 14 of 20. It's not like he was 4 of 20 or 7 of 20. Uh, or 7 of 19, right? He, he played pretty well. Now, did he miss Stanley Morgan Jr. for a touchdown? He did. Was the timing off on some of those comebacks and curls? Yeah, the, the timing seemed off, and that looks ugly when it's off, right? Or if the throw's a little off target. I get it. I understand that. And if you want to say, oh, the Bengals should have invested in a backup quarterback, a, a higher-end backup quarterback this offseason, I'm not going to argue with you. Right, I was just listening to a a show, and they were like, yeah, if Jalen Hurts goes down, Gardner Minshew would be able to keep the Eagles afloat. And I agree. I think Gardner Minshew is better than Brandon Allen. I think he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league. But who were the Bengals going to get that was such a clear upgrade? That part, kind of a question mark. But again, I think Brandon's been okay. Um, And okay is, is fine. Look, if he... If he has to start eight games, any of these guys have to start eight games, not named Joe Burrow at quarterback, you're in trouble. It's just the reality of life in the NFL. And so I, I think that Brandon Allen, could he hold things down for a couple of weeks? I do, regardless of, of the, the Twitter hate that has come his way over the past couple of days. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that maybe the Bengals should have invested a backup quarterback earlier in the offseason. There's just nobody else right now, and it's not Jake Browning. It certainly wasn't Plitt for whatever you think of him. but Who they released, by the way, Drew Plitt. Yeah. Right, that, that was a roster move along with moving Brandon Wilson to the mm-hmm. inactive, the reserve pup list. He will not be available for the first four games of the regular season that they made to get down to 80 on Tuesday. Uh, I mean, you look at the quarterbacks that changed teams, the backup quarterbacks that changed teams this year. You could have had Nick Foles, Case Keenum, Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, Marcus Mariota, who signed like a $10 million deal because it wasn't necessarily a backup deal. He may or may mm-hmm. not back up. Joe Flacco, who stayed starter, with the yeah. Jets. Uh, well, we'll see what Desmond Ritter does, right? He's starting. No, Mariota's been named the starter. Well, that's less fun. Uh, Drew Locke got traded. I, I mean, there, there weren't great options is my point. 
Josh Johnson. There, there are a couple guys here that are clearly better backups than Brandon Allen would have been, but that ship has sailed. So I'm not sure what else there is to really do at this point. You want AJ McCarron back? You want to go get Mike Glennon? You want to go get Garrett Gilbert? AJ McCarron, AJ McCarron has the it factor, Jake. Yeah, you know, I didn't even know that he was still in the NFL. Like, I didn't yeah. know he was on a team last year. He suffered a torn ACL in the preseason last year as a member oh, of the Falcons. Are. Yeah, that's a um, he He worked out for the Browns recently, and then they right. ended up signing um, – what's the dude? Uh, the 10th overall pick um, from 2018, Josh Rosen. Mm, they, uh, that's they, right. they signed him, and Rosen hasn't looked good, so – Anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think we are in agreement there that they're, Brandon Allen's going to be the backup. It was never going to be Drew Plitt, even though the Loveland native, six for six at PBS, and that's yeah. what he called it after the game. That's pretty cool. He's got a touchdown ball, too. And It's, it's a place th- to invest in the future, I think. No doubt, and maybe you draft one this year. Um, I will say this with Plitt. XFL scouts are in attendance. Like I, oh. I, I won't be shocked if this guy just played himself into – a professional role somewhere. I don't nice. think he's necessarily an NFL quarterback, but I think he might have just taken that, and he never would have been on the Bengals if it wasn't for that appendectomy for Joe Burrow. And, and so, yeah, it looks like he might have taken advantage of the situation and might get a shot here to, to play professionally, which is all you could ask for. Yeah, good for him. Next question comes from Bengal fan forever. Will the Bengals make any acquisitions at left guard after the August 30th roster cut date, seeing what – Carmen and Volson are capable of still a huge hole in the offensive line, in my opinion, and line depth in general is weak beyond the starters. Will they add any additional depth outside of that left guard spot? This is something that, I mean, we talked to Solomon Wilcox about it yesterday, right? This is something that I would like to see them do. This is not something that it feels like they are particularly interested in doing. And so I would like to see them go try to get one of the remaining free agent offensive linemen. Because there, there's some decent ones out there, right? We've talked about J.C. Treader, and I think that's a pipe dream. But, you know, Eric Flowers or Ode Abushi or, you know, journeymen or former starters like that who have experience, have played at a, a baseline level in the NFL. These are guys that I would look at. For depth, if nothing else, for competition, if nothing else, because mm-hmm. I, I kind of share this idea that I would like to see the backups on the offensive line get a little bit better and and have somebody there that, you know, if if Collins has to miss a game or if Volson or if, you know, whoever left guard doesn't work out, you have a veteran option that that's okay. But what we've seen from the Bengals in the last three years under Zach Taylor is that they see their guys with rose-tinted glasses a little bit sometimes. Not all the time, but there's a reason that this offensive line took until this year and major investments in free agency for, for us to really feel better about it. And so it doesn't feel like there's major urgency to, for, for the team to make any changes. There, They've had opportunities to bring in other competition throughout camp, even when Ben Brown got hurt, when uh, Deontay Smith missed a a little bit of time, when Isaiah Prince now hurt. They've had opportunities and they haven't pulled the trigger. We'll see if they do this week, but it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of urgency on their part, even though I think I would make a move there, certainly, to to bolster interior line depth in particular. 
Yeah, Eric Flowers seems like the guy for me. And I, I was just thinking about it. He was in Washington. I assume I'm pretty sure he was in Washington with Bill Callahan, which is naturally or is obviously Brian Callahan's dad. Make a quick call and see, you know, what the the scattering report is on him, what his day to day is like. And that's the thing is these guys all have ties. Who knows? Maybe it is a Quentin Spain, but it doesn't feel like it. Feels like that ship kind of sailed, right? It just does. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but he's still available. And a lot of that Bengals line that was uh, starting a lot of games last year is available right now. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to argue I, I, about offensive line depth. We've been there, done that too much in Cincinnati. And I, I think they should certainly add someone um, between now and then, maybe right after cutdown day. Maybe some of these veterans are waiting to see. What happens after cutdown day? Maybe a guy like Eric Flyer says, ah, I don't really need camp, right? I think that's what Lehel Collins is saying too. I don't necessarily need a full camp. So maybe these guys will, will sign um, in the coming week or so. And if so, the Bengals should certainly be interested. Up next, we'll continue mailbag. Uh, continue the mailbag. Continue to answer your questions here on Locked on Bengals. But first, a word from Bet Online Because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports betting wagers odds tips anything you're looking for bet online has you covered so if it's as simple as you want to wager on the reds to win the world series in 2028 you can do that if you want to wager on the bengals to bring home a championship this season you can do that if you think joey b is going to be mvp well bet online is the spot for you and maybe you think that the nets are now going to win the nba finals with kd who has committed to brooklyn well, you can wager on all of that and so much more in one spot, Bet Online. So go there today, sign up for free, and start making money. I've used them. You should too. Bet Online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, James, it's interesting talking about offensive line depth. I think just really quickly before we move on to the next question, I want to shout out defensive line depth as well. Right now, when I'm looking at the cut down to 53, I only see four interior defensive linemen that are going to make this roster. Lou Anarumo recently praised, went out of his way to praise Cam Sample. So he really likes what Sample's doing, and, and maybe he is a guy that has a versatility to kick inside and, and bolster the interior a little bit on some of those pass rushing downs. But it wouldn't surprise me. He also praised Zach Carter, by the way, as a guy that that he liked, particularly in the run game. And it sounds like he has some hope for him to develop, to develop as a pass rusher. But are they going to go heavy on the edge with some versatile guys to kick inside? Are they going to go find another interior defensive lineman like they did last year with the BJ Hill trade? Are they going to make a BJ Hill style trade on the offensive side of the ball, perhaps for, for an interior lineman? These are things that are possibilities that, you know, I think we would like to see, but again, difficult to predict and they're not really showing, they, they haven't taken the opportunity yet to make a move. So it's easy to get skeptical that those things will happen, but, our next question comes from Samaje P. Ryan's burner at Aquila the Great. 
We have a couple questions about Kwame Lasseter and Kendrick Pryor and Mike Thomas and Stanley Morgan Jr. And this is one of them. The other one came from uh, Harold Moskowitz at CH Law. And Harold is baffled at the love for Mike Thomas. Special teams are okay, but not hard to find, according to Harold. And having two wide receivers doing only special teams is absurd. Can either Pryor or Lasseter knock him out? And similarly, Samaj P. Ryan's burner wants to know, if you're Zach Taylor, would you take Lasseter or Pryor over Thomas or Morgan with their tape? Samaj P. Ryan's burner thinks they'll be scooped up in free agency. Maybe they get scooped up in free agency. That wouldn't shock me. Um, I also think that Mike Thomas's roster spot is secure. I think Stanley Morgan Jr.'s roster spot is secure. So if you want to talk to me about Trent Taylor, well, you know, we you could talk to me about him, I guess. But those two guys, let's start with Stanley Morgan Jr. He played a role on offense last year. It wasn't this flashy role, but he played a role. And th- there's no reason to think, especially after the Bengals inked him to a two-year deal this offseason, that they don't think that he can – do all of those things that he did last season, special teams, being a primary blocking receiver, all of those things. But maybe he does a little bit more in the passing game this year. Maybe not. But I think they like him and like having him around. And then as far as Mike Thomas goes, man, I, I some of you are just sleeping on Mike Thomas. You know, Mike Thomas wasn't always a special teamer, right? M- Mike Thomas you put up numbers in college. Mike Thomas is a smooth route runner and can get open against these cornerbacks and and makes plays. The thing is, they don't put him out there in the preseason partially because I think he's on the team. But the other part is it it could become – like he would put on a show. I think he would have some big games, much like Kwame Lasseter did, much like uh, you know Kendrick Pryor did. He could do that too. and But they know that, right? So th- that's the part of it. So I get it. People are down on Mike Thomas. You wouldn't be down on him if he had – seven receptions for 150 yards against the Giants. And I don't know if he would have had that, but I wouldn't have ruled that out either. Like, I think he is a good route runner. I think he would be the f- the fourth receiver and the first one off the bench after the big three on offense from a pass-catching standpoint, ahead of Trent Taylor, uh, ahead of Stanley Morgan Jr. From that perspective, with Morgan obviously still doing the, the blocking, it's going to be hard for Pryor or Lasseter to make this roster. It just, it is. And I think that, as of now, seeing Trent Taylor return punts, and I think the trust is there, and he's obviously produced in the, the, the preseason, that they almost have to force their hand to keep seven. I think that's the path now. I don't think Trent Taylor's losing the punt return job. I don't think that Mike Thomas is suddenly in danger and going to play 55 snaps against the Rams this week uh, you know, or, or on Saturday in, in hopes of what – I think one of these guys have to flash so much in these joint practices and on Saturday, the Bengals say, we can't cut this guy. And so that's the part of it that uh, is going to be quite interesting. Because I, I agree, both have talent and both have flashed. I think Lassiter more than prior, but uh, both have, have put some good tape out there, no doubt. Yeah, it's, it's always, this happens every year. There's always somebody, right? D- Desmond Briscoe, last year it was uh, Darius Hodge. This year, I think it's these receivers, and they might be good players, and I think they are good players. They're having a good preseason. They're having a good camp, and you can't take that away from them. But the production for Kwame Lasseter came against the Giants, like third stringers. Production for Kendrick Pryor came against the the fourth stringers, maybe. The the production for Kendrick Pryor came 
against the Cardinals, who started their second and a half team and went quickly to their third and fourth team. So when when Mike Thomas did play in the second preseason game, it was against the Giants starters, and the offense was pretty out of whack at that point. And and you're right that he does have some ability as a re- receiver that's a little bit understated, forgotten. He's very, very familiar with the system, of course. Joe Burrow, we've talked about in the past, goes out of his way to throw to to Mike Thomas at times. You, you've talked about that in practices and in camp, James, in the past. And so there, there's clearly a spot on the roster for Mike Thomas. I think clearly a spot for Stanley Morgan as well. Both of those guys had somewhat expanding roles late in the year. Mike Thomas played 12 snaps in the playoffs. Stanley Morgan was hurt, of course, at that point in time. But like, that's the only wide receiver that really got any significant, and I say significant generously, playing time in the playoffs it wasn't one of the starters trent taylor had his his three total snaps in the playoffs and, and certainly one of them important but uh it's not like other guys are getting on the field very much in the first mm-hmm. place and and as far as yeah maybe one of those guys does get scooped up and doesn't make it to the practice squad but a lot of times sometimes i would say the majority of the time the players that are feared to be lost on waivers to other teams in the cutdown and and the transition to the practice squad. A lot of times those guys make it to the practice squad. Most of the time they make it to the practice squad. So I I think that that's somewhat likely with these guys, but we'll see what happens. Anything could happen, James. You're right. I wouldn't be shocked if one of them does get scooped up. Last question for today's mailbag comes from our man, Andre Edwards at Andre Edwards. 06. He asks if you, had to choose one surprise cut from the final 53-man roster, who would it be and why? Would it be a surprise at this point if it's Tyler Shelvin? I'm going to say no. And so the the guy that I would pick would be a potential surprise cut, and I think this would still be a potential surprise, would be Khaled Kareem, who with the hamstring, maybe he ends up on some sort of injury list instead. He can't go on the pup list at this point. And so if he can't, play and the hamstring becomes a thing and it did take him out of the preseason game do they carry him to the 53 or do they see that hey maybe you know jeff gunter has played pretty well and we like what he's done maybe noah spence has had a really good preseason maybe dominic davis who's moved around a little bit raymond johnson who's moved around a little bit maybe one of those guys gets that last roster spot because we were talking earlier they might need somebody who can play inside from the edge on, on some base downs and, or on some, uh, on some pass rushing downs. So Khaled Kareem, I think is in a bit of, of danger, I think in this cut down to 53. And if I had to pick a surprise on the offenses or defensive side of the ball, that's where I'm looking. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that would be a surprise. I, it, it's hard because there aren't many, like there aren't many roster battles I'm playing it through. And so with the key being surprise, mm-hmm. and I'll take it a, a step farther. It would be almost a shock or a headline grabber, right? Because it's not going to be Kevin Huber, right? Uh, you know, if he gets cut, it's not going to be. It would be Clark Harris if he gets cut. I just don't think that's going to happen. That would be a surprise. Yeah, um, yeah I just don't anticipate that. I, I think it's completely unrealistic. Let me ask you this, and I'm just—I don't think this is going to happen. Um, but you got a guy in Jackson Carmen. We know all this stuff. We hear anytime someone praises Cordell Volson being made of the right stuff, 
it also feels like a slight to 79. It just does. Whether it should or not, it does. What if he stinks in joint practices this week and then plays on on Saturday and it's just eh? Like, I'm not saying they would cut him, but could he be the piece in the B.J. Hill type deal, right? Could he be the piece? And I'm not saying he has a lot of value either, but the Billy Price for B.J. Hill, I don't know. But that would be the guy where it's like, okay, maybe he loses the starting job to Cordell Volson, but, you know, he'll just be a backup at at, at left guard. But, man, it just – something seems off, doesn't it? So I I don't think they'll actually cut him. So – Maybe it's just a cop-out, but could they trade him? Could they decide to move him? I think there's a shot at that. I, I really do. I, I think that there's a, a path where that happens. I'm not saying it's likely, and it, which is why it would be a surprise, but I could see it happening. Yeah, the question was a surprise cut, right? I think Khaled Kareem would be a milder surprise than Jackson Carmen, oh. just given the investment. I went the biggest surprise. I mean, I think that would be the biggest surprise. I don't know what I, else. But, but I think it's possible. I wouldn't entirely rule it out. I agree that it's probably unlikely, but if they say, okay, we, we like Trey Hill to back up center and guard. We like mm-hmm. Lamont Gilliard to back up center and guard as well. We like those guys' versatility. We think Hakeem Adeniji can back up guard if he really needs to. We like Hakeem Adeniji's versatility. We don't like Jackson Carmen's versatility. He had a rough preseason, and, and we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Like The guy has COVID. You can't really hold that against him too much, but... Maybe they just look at the other pieces they have and they see versatility. Hakeem Adeniji, Deontay Smith, Trey Hill, Lamont Gilliard, all versatile pieces that can play multiple positions. Maybe they look at that and say, eh, we're, we're comfortable with the rest of this and we feel like we can scoop somebody up if we need to. That's that's the scenario where I could see the Jackson Carmen cut happening. But if he is, and he has drawn praise from Frank Pollock for, for his work this year, it just hasn't really showed up when we've watched him. If, if he is a problem on the field and they feel like they're not getting the work ethic out of him, the the right stuff that you talk about with Cordell Volson out of him, mm-hmm. then that's a scenario where it can happen. I, I think it would be surprising, but conceivable. Like you can, you can make up a scenario where, where that would mm-hmm. work. Right. Yeah. And again, I think he'll be on the roster, but never say never. That, that's the fun part about Andre's question. So we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll find out all of these answers august 30th the good news is we got some fun joint practices over the next couple of days and we're gonna hear i just got an email as we were recording we're gonna hear from jesse bates uh, around noon 12 10 ish on wednesday afternoon before joint practices so good news there jake yeah and that potentially tells us something about his exempt status that that we talked about at the beginning of the show if he's talking to the media certainly nothing to be to be concerned about there. We'll find out more as we always do joint practices coming up for our next show. We'll have a couple of recaps from those joint practices. We'll have a little bit of a preview for the final preseason game as well. We'll get into some 53 man roster projections probably after that final preseason game, because there is a bit of a window before that cut down day, plenty of content as we wind down the preseason and gear up for the stuff that counts until next time, Bengals fans. Thanks for listening to the lockdown Bengals podcast today and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.